turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now, your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. No, it is not attorney Arthur Idala tonight. Once again, it is Joe Sibilia filling in for Arthur Idala. And what an honor it is to be asked back yet again to guest host the Arthur Idala Power. This really means a lot to me that Arthur has placed his faith in me. I only wish Arthur were here tonight because today was a, a huge day for legal news and just news in general. Uh, and we're going to try and squeeze everything we can into this 60-minute time frame. Uh, I have Alex Garrett here with me today. So it's going to be a great show, and we have some great guests for you uh, to come on and try and make sense of everything that's going on in the news. Uh, coming up uh, in this hour, we have Alan Dershowitz joining us. Uh, he is a Harvard Law professor, host of The Dur Show, and the author of Get Trump, The Threat to Civil Liberties Due Process and our constitutional rule of law. And uh, we have Chief James McCarthy, NYPD Assistant Chief and Commanding Officer of Manhattan South. And then this is going to be a really interesting segment, to say the least. We have Tom the Blowfish Herd. He is a marine biologist based in Bristol, England, and he is one of the hosts of a special that is airing on the Discovery Channel tonight. It's called Cocaine Sharks. And if you haven't heard about this, you surely have been living under a rock because this has been the talk of the town. This has been a hot topic that has been all over the news. You know, we, we just got done with this Cocaine Bear movie. Cocaine Bear made an appearance at the Academy Awards, and now we have Cocaine Sharks to worry about. So he's going to explain... All to us, uh, to all of us, what we need to know about uh, the cocaine sharks. But I want to start by talking about uh, the top stories of the day. Uh, that being uh, Hunter Biden, uh, he has now pleaded not guilty uh, to uh, the tax charges uh, after his plea deal was derailed. Now, the the judge uh, Mary Ellen uh, Noreka has been terribly confused by this plea deal. And when the judge is confused by this plea deal, you know it's confusing. So I'm going to do my best to try and make sense of this for you until we're joined by the real expert, Alan Dershowitz. I make uh, no bones about the fact that I am most certainly not uh, an attorney or any kind of a legal expert, uh, but uh, I'll, I'll do my best to break this down for you as we talk here on the radio. So Hunter Biden, he has pled not guilty to these federal tax charges. They were misdemeanors. Uh, he had made a plea deal with the prosecutors that essentially would prevent Hunter Biden from facing any jail time. Now, the Republicans have been calling out Hunter Biden about this, saying that this is a sweetheart deal. The reality is, apparently, first-time offenders very seldom face uh, any sort of prison time, but uh, 
the fact is Hunter Biden had this plea deal become a reality would have more than likely only faced some sort of probation uh, for these charges. So the thing that gets really confusing is this deal is getting intersected with another deal regarding a gun charge. And this is where the judge uh, took some issue and had some questions. And in the courtroom today, there was a lot of haggling and uh, negotiating and renegotiating about uh, what kind of immunity would be provided to Hunter Biden and uh, what the terms of this agreement are. And essentially, they couldn't come to agreement. And the judge had more questions. So uh, Judge Noreka asked uh, until uh, these... Uh, these terms could be uh, hashed out that Hunter Biden enter a plea. And so Hunter Biden entered a plea of not guilty. So it will be interesting to see what happens with Hunter Biden in this case. Personally, if uh, the allegations uh, of uh, his uh, willful uh, for, for not paying these taxes, if this is the case, I really don't have too much sympathy for him because uh, reportedly Hunter Biden uh, has earned over one and a half million dollars a year. And yet he still allegedly refused to pay his fair share. It sort of reminds me for all of the New Yorkers here of the Leona Helmsley story. Leona Helmsley had a very famous quote uh, when she was facing her own tax issues where she said only little people pay taxes. I don't know what happens when you become immensely wealthy that all of the sudden you feel that the rules don't apply to you anymore. Now, obviously, uh, Hunter Biden has not been convicted of anything yet. Uh, This is all uh, allegations. This is all allegedly. This is my favorite. The secret word, if you recall from Pee Wee's Playhouse where everybody screamed, the secret word of the day today is going to be alleged. So feel free to scream at home if you're listening on the radio. Now, talking about this plea deal collapse, there was another collapse, a very serious one in New York today. Uh, There was a crane in the city that was doing some uh, construction on a building today. Uh, This was over on 10th Avenue and 41st Street in Manhattan. And the crane crane partially collapsed. So it happened uh, fairly early this morning. Uh, The crane was carrying something like 16 tons of concrete and the crane caught on fire and the crane swung in a manner if you've ever seen one of those amusement park rides that you sit in the car at the end of of the very long structure and it just whips you around in circles that's what it looked like the it looked like an amusement park ride uh, and there's nothing amusing about this. I don't say this to make light of it. This is the best way I can describe the video footage of it if you have not seen it yet. Uh, thankfully, the crane operator was able to escape safely. Uh, I regret to report that two firefighters and the the number I read last was at least 11 people altogether were injured. Uh, so thankfully... Nobody that I know of has been injured in any life-threatening way, but we are going to talk with uh, Chief James McCarthy about this because, as I've been told by our star producer, uh, Joan Pelzer, he was there today on the site. Uh, there, There was horrendous traffic because of it, and I'm also curious to know if we're going to see uh, a similar amount of traffic tomorrow morning and uh, and what's going to unfold in the hours and uh, day to come with this case. So uh, we're praying that everybody has a quick and speedy recovery who was injured in this incident. You know, th- there have been 
similar situations like this with cranes in the past. I know Arthur is going to come on tomorrow and talk a lot more about it because he himself has had uh, quite a lot of uh, interaction with cases like these. So uh, he really has the inside line on this. So Arthur will uh, certainly be uh, talking more extensively about this uh, crane collapse that took place today in Manhattan. You know, it's funny. I was talking about Cocaine Shark and this special that is going to be airing uh, tonight on the Discovery Channel. And I don't think it's sharks that we really need to be afraid of. Really, the thing you should be scared of is uh, the Biden's pet dog. Uh, There is a great cover on the New York Post today. It says, Commander in Chomp. And if you look at the, the piece in the Post, they use a picture of Commander that could just about be the most terrifying image of a dog I have ever seen. Teeth bared. It looks like it is about to bite you. The eyes are what it looks like. As he, he looks like he has the Cookie Monster's eyes. It's it's really a terrifying, terrifying thing. Apparently, uh, Commander, who's a two-year-old German Shepherd, has bit seven people in a four-month span. And keep in mind that the Bidens had another dog prior to this, Major, and they got rid of Major because of this issue. Uh, but these attacks that have been documented took place uh, sometime between October 2022 and January of this year. And keep in mind that these attacks are more than likely incomplete. There's probably far more of these that have happened uh, than we know about. So the dog has been attacking people in the Secret Service. Now, I would say if Commander is just protective, just fire the whole Secret Service (laughs) and keep the dog on duty. Uh, Needless to say, uh, I don't know what they're going to do. Now, the White House, interestingly enough, has blamed these incidents uh, on what they've called, quote, a unique and often stressful environment for family pets at the executive mansion. But in the New York Post, there is a dog expert who's been quoted by the name of Andrea Arden, and she says that uh, a dog's surroundings uh, would not be the reason to blame, but rather it is the owner of the pet who would be to blame for the uh, dog's uh, conduct and uh, temperament. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how they get a handle on the commander because uh, this is terrifying. Uh, I have always been afraid of dogs, and (laughs) I have a friend. Anytime I would see an incident about a dog attacking someone, I would send her the article, and I would be lambasted about, Basically, how dogs are friendly, and you should never, you know, fear with a dog. But it clearly, uh, you should fear if you're going to the White House. So, if you're going on a tour, uh, watch out. That's all I'm going to say. And it's interesting the White House responded in that way uh, because in this Hunter Biden case, the White House has basically tried to absolve itself of any connection with Hunter Biden whatsoever. Corrine Jean Pierre basically said that this is a private matter, and Uh, Hunter Biden is a private citizen, and this has nothing to do with the White House, uh, but Joe Biden and Jill Biden and the family are standing by Hunter Biden in this difficult time. And I do hope that whatever issues Hunter Biden may or may not have, he is able to uh, find help and seek help for and uh, work these issues out. Now, before we go to break, I want to ask Alex, uh, today is a very special day for Alex Garrett. Alex, why is today so uh, important uh, for you as a person and uh, as part of your identity. So 33 years ago today, the Americans with Disabilities Act was enacted and signed into the law by George H.W. Bush. And so, of course, there's been a lot of events this whole uh, day and this whole last couple of weeks. And today's the day where we commemorate uh, disability rights. And, you know, 
I'm kind of able to move around, but people in my community, I realize, you know, they have to have a voice and they have to have uh, more rights uh, than they already have. And that's why they matter, because the fight never ends, you know? I, I agree, Alex. I agree. And by the way, before we go to break, I did want to mention one other story. Uh, this was uh, breaking news this afternoon. Uh, Sinead O'Connor, the Irish uh, musician and activist, has passed away at the age of 56. No cause of death has been revealed uh, as of yet. But uh, Sinead O'Connor, I feel as though her musical career has been totally overshadowed by one rather unfortunate incident that took place on live television about mm, 30 years or so ago when she appeared on Saturday Night Live. This was really at the height of her fame. She had her hit song, Nothing Compares to You, which was a cover of a song by Prince. Rolling Stone had named her Artist of the Year back in 1991, and it was not long after that she went on SNL and she tore up a picture of the Pope. Now, interestingly, Sinead O'Connor's attitude was uh, having a number one record derailed her career and that tearing up the picture of the Pope somehow set her career back on the right track. But I don't think she ever regained any of the fame or acclaim uh, that she had had prior to tearing up the Pope. I, I, I don't know why somebody would think that is a good idea, but uh, Sinead O'Connor apparently did. Uh, really, my favorite memory of Sinead O'Connor doesn't have so much to do with her as it does to do with Jan Hooks, who impersonated her in a very funny sketch on Saturday Night Live that was done back in the 90s. It was called the Sinatra Group, which was a takeoff on the television show The McLaughlin Group. So it's Frank Sinatra and Sinead O'Connor and Steve Lawrence and Edie Gourmet and some other musicians. And uh, Jan Hooks was just really funny as Sinead O'Connor in that sketch. But uh, I, I say rest in peace to Sinead O'Connor and uh, hope that uh, her family uh, finds peace and uh, sending my thoughts and prayers uh, to her uh, children and her family. So uh, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we have Professor Alan Dershowitz joining us right here on the Arthur Idella Power Hour. This is your guest host for the day, Joe Sibilia. Don't go away. We will be right back after these messages. Took a panicked run on a major bank to lead to the second biggest bank failure in U.S. history. And Moody's just downgraded the entire U.S. banking system from stable to negative. Just a reminder why many people diversify their portfolios with something tangible, something that doesn't need bailing out, something that can't vanish into thin air. Learn the truth in Swiss America's shocking report, The Secret War on Cash. This all-out war against cash is a war against the Constitution, against all freedom-loving Americans. You must read The Secret War on Cash. Get your free copy by calling or texting 800-630-1495. That's 800-630-1495. This all-out war on cash, digital forms of currency, too, is growing daily. So please get and read The Secret War on Cash, free to Salem listeners by calling or texting now at 800-630-1495. Make sure you mention Salem when you call or text 800-630-1495. Bay Ridge Honda is kicking off the 4th of July by saving you $1,500. That's how much you can get when you turn in your trade or lease and purchase your next car with them. They've been your family-owned and operated dealer for over 60 years. Your Honda dealer serving the five boroughs. The Sabah family makes you feel like family when you walk into their showroom. Browse from over 200 new Honda vehicles and over 100 certified pre-owned vehicles backed by the Honda True Program 
at their 2022 President's Award winning dealership. Right now, get 0% APR financing and zero down payment on select new 2023 Honda models all month long. Plus, receive $1,500 when you turn in your trade or lease when you purchase your next car with them. Even if you don't buy a car from them, they want to buy your car. So visit them at 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn, New York, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. That's BayRidgeHonda.com. Available to qualified buyers. Additional fees may apply. See dealer for detail. And 7-30-23. Mike Gallagher here. Time is running out to join us in Israel this fall. Dennis Prager and I are headed back to Israel in October with our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. Don't miss this incredible opportunity to stand with Israel. We'll visit amazing places in the Holy Land designed to encourage and captivate you at every turn. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com and sign up today. In Israel, we'll explore some of the most fascinating sites from religious and political history. We'll walk the same streets that Jesus walked in Jerusalem, tracing back the steps of Jesus and the disciples. We'll float in the Dead Sea with all its healing and rejuvenating effects. We'll visit the Western Wall, a spiritual experience you'll always remember fondly. No other trip will be like this one. Sign up today to travel with Dennis Prager and yours truly, Mike Gallagher, to Israel. Call 855-565-5519. That's 855-565-5519. Or visit StandWithIsraelTour.com. StandWithIsraelTour.com. Let's talk about Connors and Sullivan. We all know that planning for the future is important. Are you and your family protected? If you're not around to make the decisions, who will? Are your assets protected from probate and nursing home costs? The time to plan is now. Correct. On my birthday, on your birthday, the soon as possible, that's the way to go. You may need a will, a trust, a power of attorney, a health care proxy, a living will, an estate plan. The goal of Connors & Sullivan Attorneys is always the protection of your rights and interests. They've been helping people like you plan their estates and protect their families for over 40 years. So visit them for a free, no-obligation consultation. Call Connors & Sullivan today to schedule a free in-person initial consultation with an attorney at any of their convenient locations in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Or visit their website, connorsandsullivan.com. And remember what Mike Connor says, the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. Listen to AM 970, The Answer on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com. Fairy tales can come true It can happen to you If you're young at heart A little Frank Sinatra for a very special guest, uh, Alan Dershowitz, Harvard Law Professor, host of The Dur Show, and the author of Get Trump, The Threat to Civil Liberties, Due Process, and Our Constitutional Rule of Law. And uh, with... Professor Dershowitz is a very special surprise guest. I guess they're throwing me off the air because apparently Arthur Idala is in the company of uh, Professor Alan Dershowitz. Arthur and uh, Alan, great to talk to you. How are you today? Hey, great to talk to you. I may be young at heart, but I'm getting old in body. I'm turning 85 in a month. So <laughs> I would hardly believe that. 
Uh, but thank you for playing my favorite singer in the world. I love Frank Sinatra. I've loved him since I was like 12 or 13 years old. And um, I love going to Arthur Idala's uh, office with Imran Ansari and all the great lawyers there and going into the Frank Sinatra room and watching and seeing all the memorabilia, including one of my memorabilia, which I gave to uh, Arthur Idala, uh, a signed baseball by Joe DiMaggio. Oh, that's very impressive. I, I have been to the Frank Sinatra room on a few occasions, and it always feels like I'm you know visiting a mecca of the Sinatra lovers there. So it's, it's always a pleasure to be there, as it's always a pleasure to talk with you, Professor. So let me ask you uh, about this Hunter Biden uh, situation. Sure. Were you at all surprised when uh, Judge Mary Ellen uh, Noreka refused to sign off on this plea agreement? What do you think I am, a CNN analyst? Of course I wasn't surprised. I predicted it over and over and over again, including on your station. I said that she would not and should not accept the plea bargain. Every analyst on CNN said, oh, of course she's going to accept it, because analysts on CNN do not know what they're talking about. What they do is they make predictions based on preferences. It's not ever a scientific prediction. It's always wishful thinking. And then they don't admit later on, oh, we got it wrong, because they always get it wrong. And um, I get it right more often, not because I'm any smarter, but because I don't let politics interfere with my predictions. My predictions are based on 60 years of experience, having done it, having done it all, knowing how judges operate, knowing what the law is, knowing what the facts are. And if you do that, you're going to get it right. But uh, CNN always gets it wrong. And that's what's so great about you, Professor, is that you are so objective. And objectivity is such a rare thing these days, especially in uh, the media and the mainstream media. Now, what is the constitutionality of this condition that seems to be a sticking point, that being a talk of some sort of blanket immunity for Hunter Biden? Yeah. Well, there are two things. First of all, the Constitution, Article 3 of the Constitution says judges, federal judges, have authority only over cases and controversies. So there has to be a controversy. So if both sides agree, generally judges impose their own rules, but there's an exception for plea bargains. And when plea bargains are not in the interest of justice, as this one obviously is not in the interest of justice, the judge has the power to ask questions, to send them back to the drawing board. And what happened here is two things. Number one, nobody knows what this plea bargain says. First of all, we haven't seen it. It was kept secret. We need transparency. Uh, Second of all, we don't know whether the plea bargain ends all investigation and prosecution of Hunter Biden, as his lawyer says, or whether it permits further investigation to see if there were crimes committed outside of uh, the state of Delaware, as the prosecution said. So there was no meeting of the mind, and the judge pointed that out, even though both sides would have preferred if she had just kept her mouth shut. But she pointed it out to her credit. The other issue is whether or not Garland is correct when he said that Weiss, the district attorney, the U.S. attorney, had full authority to investigate outside of Delaware. That's what Garland said. And Weiss said, no, I didn't. I only had authority to investigate in Delaware. Who is correct? If there was only authority to investigate in Delaware, she must reject the deal because it wasn't based on a thorough investigation. It was based on a partial investigation. People ask me all the time, is it a sweetheart deal? Well, if it was based, if the only crimes he committed were filing his taxes late and not putting his cocaine use on a gun application, then the sentence was correct. 
But it is a sweetheart deal if it included ending all investigations of Burisma, investigations of China, investigations of further uh, attacks problems. So we don't know whether it's a sweetheart deal. And if you don't know whether it's a sweetheart deal, you can't accept the plea bargain. It seemed that this plea bargain agreement was beneficial not only to Hunter Biden, but also to the prosecution. Are they likely to get a conviction in Delaware, which is a very pro-Biden state, considering that the Bidens are from Delaware? Well, first of all, it doesn't have to be in Biden. A good prosecutor could take the case outside of Biden, because outside of Delaware, because obviously uh, somebody... Crimes like this aren't limited to the smallest state in in the union. Uh, Also, though, uh, he's basically, through his plea bargain, admitted some kind of guilt. He's going to say, well, I did it as part of a plea bargain, but it might very well be admissible. So uh, I think, look, if they didn't think they could get a conviction, then the lawyers, and he has very good lawyers, Abby Lowell is a great lawyer, wouldn't have accepted the plea bargain. They would have said, hey, let's go to trial. They said that today in court, but let's see if they're bluffing or not. I suspect they're going to come back with a plea bargain in which both sides say, we now agree, we now know whether or not there can be a prosecution. I suspect the plea bargain will go something like this. There can't be any further prosecution unless substantial evidence emerges unknown to the prosecution now about very, very serious crimes. I think that's going to be the new plea bargain. And And then it's going to be up to the judge to say, wait a minute, is it based on a full investigation or only a partial investigation? But I think it will probably end in a plea bargain that uh, will leave some things to be desired. And let's say it doesn't end in a plea gar- a bargain and uh, Hunter Biden does go with the uh, not guilty plea. Uh, does he risk facing a much harsher sentencing if convicted? Well, you know, the law in the United States, there are two crimes that you commit whenever you're uh, up before a judge. One is the crime itself and the other is the much more serious crime of pleading not guilty. Pleading not guilty is the most serious crime in America. It carries a penalty uh, of years and years in prison. Uh, It's called the trial penalty. It's one of the greatest scandals in America. We're the only country that has the trial penalty to the degree we have it. If you plead guilty to a crime, you get one year. For the same crime, if you plead not guilty and you're found guilty, you get 10 years. In other words, nine of those years or for the horrible crime of daring to plead guilty and invoke your constitutional rights under the Fifth and Sixth Amendment. Uh, It's a terrible system in America, but every criminal lawyer will tell you it's true, which is why criminals plead guilty. I had a client who was absolutely innocent, and he said he was told if you plead guilty, you get um, no time, but you lose your medical license. And if you plead not guilty, you get 11 years. And so he, uh, against my advice, decided to plead uh, not guilty, went to trial, was convicted and got 11 years. 11 years instead of nothing, not for the crime of what he was accused of doing, but for the crime of pleading not guilty. Yeah, on a diff- That's how bad the system is. Yeah. Now, on a different legal matter today, and this actually took place in London, uh, Kevin Spacey was acquitted uh, in his criminal sexual assault trial. What are your yeah. thoughts on his acquittal? 
Well, it tells you one thing. If you're going to sexually abuse anybody, make sure it's a man, not a woman. Uh, if you abuse a woman, you don't get a, you don't get convicted. You don't get often don't get a fair trial. There's a presumption of guilt. Uh, women lie, don't tell, don't lie. Men lie. Except, but if you're accused by a man, you have an opportunity to get a fair trial. It's a terrible, terrible abuse of our system that today we, you know, the, the Bible says um, to judges, do not recognize faces, which means don't recognize races, don't recognize genders. But we have a strong gender bias in our legal system today. If a woman accuses a man, as a woman accused me some years ago, ultimately admitting that she may have made a mistake in identifying me. But it's very hard to win a case when a woman accuses you. When a man accuses you, it's an equal playing field, a level playing field. I think that explains why, uh, Kevin basically was uh, was acquitted, and, and presumably because he was not guilty. Uh, Professor Dershowitz, can I assume that you're going to be taking Arthur Idala to uh, the best of the best uh, Italian restaurant tonight? You're wrong. Um, oh. We went to the—I just came back from Italy where I had the best of the best of the best of Italian uh, food, and nothing on Martha's Vineyard would be good enough for Arthur Idala uh, and for Imran Ansala, uh, who's with me as well. So we're taking them to a more typical— vineyard restaurant and i would say it's the best of vineyard food but it um uh, doesn't compare with some of the great places in italy that i was to recently so author is just going to have to we're going to probably get a brunello uh we can do that but uh you know we're, we're not going to be able to get good italian food because there is no great italian food on martha's vineyard one of the great great things that are missing here well professor whatever your dinner plans may be i wish you a very a lovely evening uh, with arthur okay. and emron please send my regards and may I just no, say, I, I, listen, I know, I know, ah. Cecilia is like telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm no Sam Bellino saying, cut, we got to go, we got to go, but <laughs> I couldn't resist saying hello. Thank you so much, Joe, for filling in tonight. Thank you, Joan. Thank you, Matt. And uh, obviously, I echo everything that Professor Dershowitz just said. And um, if anybody has any doubt of my love for Alan Dershowitz, Imran and I basically came here for 12 hours to spend time with, with uh, Alan and his gorgeous wife, Carolyn because we love them so much and spend a little special time with some very special people. So that's where we're at. And, and thanks to Joe Stabilia, I'm able to do it and still have a great radio show at the same time. Uh, we can only hope that, that it's uh, holding up. Uh, Arthur, it's great to hear your voice as well. Send my regards to everyone, and we'll uh, see you tomorrow, Arthur, I, I guess. And uh, we'll uh, talk yes, to you. Uh, no, no, I'll be, uh, I'm flying. I'm supposed to land at 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, and I will... Uh, be all right, cranked up and ready to go. Sounds good. Uh, thank you, Professor. Thank you, Arthur. And thank you, Emron. Uh, always a pleasure hearing your voices. We're the best. See you in a little bit. All right. Take care. That was uh, that was Professor Alan Dershowitz and Arthur Idala here on the Arthur Idala Power Hour. This is your guest host, Joe Sibilia. And coming up next, we are going to be talking with James McCarthy, uh, NYPD Assistant Chief and Commanding Officer of Manhattan South, to talk about this crane collapse that took place uh, today on 10th Avenue and 41st Street. Uh, that is coming up right after this message on the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this. Tonight on Radio Night Live, we talk about wellness, Dr. Jeanette Nishwat, and brand new breaking technology in Alzheimer's research. Join us tonight at 7. You're smart, you're busy, and don't have time to waste on the mainstream media cycle. Salem News Channel. 
breaks that cycle. Topics that matter from hosts worth watching. Dinesh D'Souza, Andrew Wilkow, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. Salem News Channel, not like the other guys. Watch anytime, on any screen, free, 24-7. Find everything you need to know at snc.tv. That's snc.tv. Increase your investment knowledge in a unique way this year. Join us on the 2023 Eagle Financial Publications Cruise, along with The Money Show. Visit EagleFinancialCruise.com for details and to secure your cabin. Eagle Financial is a division of Salem Media Group. So let me ask you, would you like a career in the legal field making great money without having to go to law school and incurring all that debt? One that allows you the flexibility to choose where you work, for whom, and how frequently. Well, there's this high-powered and lucrative career that you really need to know about. It's called court reporting. Court reporters and captioners are in higher demand than ever before. Court systems, schools, and television stations are all looking for these professionals to record and caption everything from depositions to court cases to live events. The NCRA has partnered up with Plaza College to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives you a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. The program is called A to Z and is being offered free and can be completed from the convenience of your home. Sign up today by emailing Info at plazacollege.edu. That's info, I-N-F-O, at plazacollege.edu. Hi, this is Judge Kamins, a partner at Idala Bertuna and Kamins, and where Arthur Idala of the Arthur Idala Power Hour works at his 24-7 day job. In 2014, I retired from the bench to join ABK, which is a full-service, preeminent boutique firm that has been helping New Yorkers when legal problems arise. ABK is uniquely qualified to assist New Yorkers who have a wide range of legal problems, from personal injury claims and civil litigation to criminal defense and trusts and estates. I personally work on appellate matters, attorney disciplinary matters, and complex legal issues with a dedicated group of attorneys who provide a team approach to each case. There is no legal problem too big or small for this talented and hardworking legal team. So when you think of the Idala Power Hour, also keep in mind ABK, the power legal firm. Hi, it's Arthur Idala, and I am in love with my shiny, bald, smooth head. Hemp Leaf products are made with all natural ingredients and essential oils to bring you comfort and relief and keep you looking young. Hemp Leaf is the next big thing in skin and body care. The whipped body butters and creams leave my skin feeling soft, smooth, hydrated, giving my aging skin the nourishment it needs to stay young and healthy. Their liquid black soap glides on, leaving my skin soft, crisp, and clean. They also have this amazing muscle rub called Icy Pot. The guys at Hemp Leaf also gave me samples of a remarkable neuropathy cream called Helixer that I gave to Marianne, and she uses it on her heels. She said it's been nothing short of a miracle. Within minutes, it soothes her aching feet. Remember, they don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in it. Visit them at HempLeaf.com. That's Hemp, H-E-M-P-L-I-E-F.com. Mention the name Arthur at checkout, and you'll receive 10% off. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. You can't always get 
Welcome back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour. This is your guest host, Joe Sibilia, here with Alex Garrett, who has been picking all this great music. And joining me now is James McCarthy, NYPD Assistant Chief and Commanding Officer of Manhattan South. And we are going to be talking about this uh, horrific uh, New York City crane collapse that took place this morning. Uh, Chief McCarthy, I understand you just left the site. First of all, thank you for joining us. And how are you today? It's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, Doing great, Joe. So now, what was the scene like when you uh, left uh, just a few moments ago at uh, 10th Avenue and 44th Street, 1st Street, excuse me? Well, I got to tell you, Joe, uh, incredible. You know, uh, it's amazing when the mayor brings all his city agencies together. Uh, This morning, I have to start off with saying we were incredible New York, lucky New Yorkers, uh, you know, today. The fact that... uh, you know, we had 10 minor injuries. It was incredible with that thing. I'm sure everybody saw on the news the video of the, the crane snapping and stuff and, and the fire and everything else. FD, FDMY did a great job in putting the fire out. And buildings was right there um, assessing it and stuff. And you know, I just left a few minutes ago, and they, they shrunk this. We've shrunk this thing down incredibly. So we're hoping overnight. Um if we can get all the debris removed, uh, we're hoping by tomorrow. I don't. I don't think it's going to be by rush hour tomorrow, but we're hoping to get this uh, back to normal sometime tomorrow afternoon. I hope. So you you would uh, surmise at this moment in time that commuters may still have an issue uh, on their way into the city in the morning. Yeah, I think it's going to be a big issue. Uh, Port Authority was great with opening up. Uh, they usually close the Highland Tunnel. You know, at night for construction, they're going to leave it open tonight. So that's going to help commuters leaving tonight. And uh, coming back in, it's, it's you know, around the Lincoln Tunnel is going to be, it's definitely going to be more than usual traffic. But uh, like I said, we, right now we've shrunk it down to, it's really 10th Avenue, uh, 4 to 4 And um, very little disruption to businesses and, uh, and residents and, and the hotel at, at, at this time. So what do we know about the cause of the fire so far? Was it a, a leak of hydraulic fluid? And uh, if so, how did it catch fire in the first place? Well, Joe, there was a lot of uh, diesel oil, you know, on that uh, crane. I don't want to speculate. So, you know, uh, I don't want to say that's what caused it. Um, the fire marshals are investigating it right now. Terrific. So I assume then uh, some information will come out about that uh, going forward. Let me ask you, you know, we have had some issues in New York City with these cranes in the past. Uh, what safety precautions need to be taken when operating these cranes? And uh, what changes uh, do you think uh, the NYPD could make to these procedures so that maybe they can have some more oversight uh, for optimal safety? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, Joe, really, the NYPD has no oversight on it. Uh, it's uh, strictly with the Department of Buildings. Uh, so that's the question. Understood. Have, uh, Understood. Understood. So what do we know so far about those that were injured? You said I, 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 the last number I just saw on television right now, they were saying that at least 12 people have been injured. Uh, has it been all minor injuries so far? Uh, fortunately, all minor. Uh, five construction workers, uh Three civilians that just happened to be walking outside and two firefighters, but uh, all, uh, you know, for the most part, very minor. 
That's great to hear. Well, Chief McCarthy, thank you so much uh, for making the time uh, to give us uh, an update on everything that happened. Uh, any parting words uh, before before you go and uh, anything you'd like to share uh, with our audience and with our listeners about uh, the uh, situation today with the uh, crane? Yeah, well, I'll say, Joe, is uh, New Yorkers are resilient. Uh, no matter what happens, everybody answers, the city workers answer the call, and uh, commuters and residents in this incredible uh you know, uh, city always seems to like get things done and back to normal. So, uh, like I said, it's the greatest place on earth. So, uh, I'm glad I'm staying here forever. I can tell you that much. Well, I don't blame you. I love New York just about as much as you do. And uh, it, uh, thankfully, uh, th- that uh, the injuries uh, were all relatively minor and that, uh, New Yorkers can uh, sleep soundly tonight. So, uh, Chief McCarthy, thank you so much for joining us. It has been an absolute delight having you back on the Arthur Idala Power Hour, and we hope to have you back on the show again soon. All right. Have a great night, Joe. Hey, you as well. Thank you. That was uh, James McCarthy, NYPD Assistant Chief and Commanding Officer of Manhattan South. Really, it was quite a scary sight to see on television this morning as we were doing the Joe Piscopo show live this story broke about this crane, and to see the footage, first of the crane on fire, but then uh, the crane swinging the way it did, I mean, it, it's really nothing short of a miracle that nobody was killed or uh, more severely injured. So, and the way it fell was unbelievable, too, right? It looks like it hit right on 10th Avenue there. I know. It, it's, uh, you know, again, very lucky uh, that there have been uh, no fatalities at this point. So uh, we uh, send our thoughts and prayers to those that were injured and uh, wish them a speedy recovery uh, in the wake of this uh, terrible uh, crane uh, collapse. And thank you again to Chief McCarthy, because it was uh, a delight to hear from somebody who was actually there on the site doing really, uh, you know, it, it, he's there helping the people, and uh, that's that's a great thing. By the way, Joe, the you're, you're old-fashioned. Isn't this, a, isn't this a sign to look up around the city? Like, we're all on our phones now, and this could happen any I hate to say any day, but this could really happen sometimes. So maybe looking up is, is a beneficial thing nowadays. Yeah, you know, it, it is interesting, Alex. Um, it, you just never know when something like this is going to happen. You always have to be on alert in New York. You never know uh, when someone's going to come up behind you, when something's going to fall from the sky. It's, uh, it, it's most certainly... A scary thing. We were talking a little bit about uh, Sinead O'Connor, who passed away, and her infamous moment where she tore up the picture of the Pope uh, on television. And I was trying to think of other celebrities who have run into this issue where they have been uh, the subject of some major controversy and have they been able to bounce back from it, whatever. Uh, honestly, I would have to put Sinead O'Connor as a musician on par with Millie Vanilli, if only because of uh, the fact that their whole careers were marred by one silly controversy. Obviously, Millie Vanilli, it was more because they were just frauds, uh, for want of a better word. Uh, but uh, Sinead O'Connor... Really, I mean, she had it all going for her, and she went out of her way to tear up the picture of the Pope, and I don't know why anybody would have thought that that was a good idea uh, to do, uh, most especially on a, a live show like Saturday Night Live. Nor were the people at Saturday Night Live happy about that, because you know Saturday Night Live is one of the few entertainment shows on television that is live. It's a throwback to the shows of the 50s, things like your show of shows, and you really don't have too many programs like that anymore that are purely live shows, and when an incident like that happens, it jeopardizes it for everybody else, and needless to say, the producers and the crew and the cast were none too happy when that took place, because that 
uh, seriously uh, puts uh, the show itself in jeopardy and what an institution it is. And it is an honor to work uh, at the feet of uh, somebody who is uh, really one of the people who built that institution, uh, that being Joe Piscopo, whose show I produce. Now, if you enjoyed my interview with uh, Professor Dershowitz, you are in luck because Alan Dershowitz will be joining us tomorrow morning on the Joe Piscopo Show to talk more about Hunter Biden. So we're looking forward to hearing from him then. And coming up next, we have a real expert in the world of marine biology joining us. Uh, His name is Tom the Blowfish Herd, and he is going to be seen tonight on a show that has garnered much attention in the press and on television and in the media in general. It's called Cocaine Sharks. Now, if you couldn't take two more disparate topics than cocaine and marine life, uh, you'll never know the joys of it until you hear from Tom Hurd uh, directly. He's coming up next right here on the Arthur Idella Power Hour with your host, Joe Sibilia. More to come after this. Are you considering a unique way to enhance your investment knowledge this year? Then sign up today for the all-inclusive Eagle Financial Publications Cruise. Along with our trusted partner, The Money Show, we're setting sail this December to explore some of the most beautiful and unspoiled destinations in the Caribbean. But this is no ordinary vacation. It's a chance to learn from top Eagle Financial experts like best-selling authors George Gilder, Mark Skousen, and others who will be hosting a series of workshops and seminars throughout the trip. Imagine lounging on the sun deck while discussing investment strategies with like-minded individuals or enjoying a gourmet dinner at the same table with one of our leading financial authorities. This once-in-a-lifetime cruise is a perfect way to combine education and relaxation to achieve your investment goals. This cruise will sell out quickly, so visit EagleFinancialCruise.com today to learn more and to secure your cabin. That's EagleFinancialCruise.com. Eagle Financial is a division of Salem Media Group. Feel like you're trying to push a boulder uphill wearing skates? If you run or manage a local business today, you're challenged like never before. We get it, and we want to help. We're Salem Surround, and when it comes to marketing, consider us your personal move-you-forward company. In a recent study, we found that 53% of local businesses were classified as novices when it came to designing, implementing, and managing their marketing needs. And that's where Salem Surround truly shines. We're a full-service marketing agency. That'll help you increase your customer base by designing incredibly effective plans to reach your consumers day, night, and everywhere they might be. Let us give you an absolutely free audit of your current marketing and what your competition is doing. Our digital sales and support teams are the best in the industry and deliver customized personal service that's second to none. If you're a local business and ready for the next step, Google Salem Surround New York right now. Our experts are ready to help you take your marketing to the next level. Google Salem Surround New York today. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. Welcome back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour. And when you hear that music, usually that means that there are sharks abound. And uh, today I have the expert on sharks. His name is Tom the Blowfish Herd, marine biologist, conservationist, broadcaster, author. And tonight he'll take you into the waters of the Florida Keys on the Discovery Channel special Cocaine Sharks airing at 10 p.m. as part of its annual Shark Week. Tom, thank you so much for being on the show. It's a pleasure to talk to you today. How are you? 
I'm good, buddy. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So, Tom, let me ask, what first gave you the notion that sharks might, in fact, be consuming cocaine that has been dumped into the waters off the Florida Keys? Well, uh, the production company responsible, Ping Pong Productions, they um, they contacted me and said, look, we've got this crazy idea and we need someone big enough and hairy enough to, to make it work. And I said, well, you know, tick me, tick me uh, done, I'm happy with that. And so, you know, is it possible, they said, you know, can, can this really be going on or is this just a complete rumor? And I looked into it and saw straight away that, yes, it is very, very possible. You've got down there Florida Keys, uh, Gulf of Mexico, you've got this highway for drug smugglers. You know, it's it's occurring so regularly that while we were out there filming, there were reports of drugs washing up on the beaches while we were there. So it's, you know, it's happening probably, you know, once a week, if not more. And things go wrong. You know, the, the smugglers build their boats poorly or uh, they get chased by the cops, whatever it is. And so drugs end up chucked overboard or in the water. And then take into account the fact that you have have an area that's got many, many shark species. Sharks are intelligent animals. They, you know, they investigate their environment. They want to know what's going on. And so if a shark comes across this unique item in its environment, it's going to investigate. It doesn't have hands. It can't squeeze it to find out what's going on. The only thing it's got is, is a mouth with very sharp teeth. And so it, you know, goes up, has a little nibble. And of course, it'll tear open this bag and get an absolute face full of cocaine. So let me ask you, do drugs impact animals and marine life in particular in the same manner that they affect humans? That's a really good question, and it was one of the the biggest problems that we had looking into this topic. The the mammalian brain is very different to the brain of a fish, which, again, is different to that of a shark. So while we were looking at this, we had to draw some pretty big, you know, uh, assumptions, especially considering that there haven't been any studies done in terms of sharks and cocaine, or certainly none that have been published as of yet. So this is a really, you know, new area of of research for everyone involved. And for for me coming into it, I've done a lot of work with behavior, uh, with sharks, with fish. So, you know, I knew that our best bet was to look at how they were acting and look for animals that were acting, you know, oddly. And that doesn't necessarily mean that we're looking for really hyper animals because previous studies on fish that have used heavy metals, so copper, lead, that kind of thing, uh, those studies have actually shown that the same chemical in the same uh, concentration will affect different fish in entirely different ways. So this really was trying to hit a moving target while blindfold. So we weren't going out there just looking for this like spiced up shark buzzing around all over the shop because it just as well could have been a shark that was practically anesthetized or it might have no effect on sharks at all. So it was for that side of things, really, really interesting to go there, open mind, carving history, you know, new science and just get to sit there and watch these animals and look for just very subtle or indeed very large uh, changes in behavior. So you mentioned something interesting, which was that basically a, a substance could impact different marine life differently. How might drugs be harming the oceanic ecosystem beyond just the sharks? Well, we looked at the cocaine shark as this this big kind of lightning strike event, like this headline thing. Um, but 
it's really a great way to get people thinking about our own pharmaceutical use. So anything that we take, whether it's legal or illegal, it will pass through our bodies and go down uh, through our wastewater, through our streams, rivers, and eventually find their way back to the ocean. And so while the show will, you know, look at this, this like, whoa, big hit of cocaine for a shark, our coastal seas have got this long, slow drip feed of everything from aspirin and, uh, you know, birth control to antidepressants and caffeine, as well as illicit drugs. So it's a great way of getting people interested in our pharmaceutical use and how that is affecting our environment. Because those coastal waters, that's where we, that's where we swim. That's where we get our shellfish from. That's where we get a lot of our fish that goes back on our plates from. And, uh, you know, if we're going to start impacting the, the small parts of an ecosystem, or the smaller members, sorry, of an ecosystem, so small fish and shrimps and stuff, we have to remember that they get eaten by bigger fish, they get eaten by bigger fish, and so on and so forth. And these chemicals, these drugs, can actually get accumulated and reach very high concentrations as they go further up the food chain. So it's, you know, it's a serious thing that we need to be, be aware of. And thankfully, we've got this great story to get people interested. Uh, certainly people have been captivated by this. It's the talk of the town. We're talking with Tom the Bluefish Herd, who is on the Cocaine Sharks television special airing tonight at 10 p.m. on the Discovery Channel as part of its annual Shark Week. Uh, Tom, let me ask you uh, to localize things a little bit. Uh, we've had multiple reports of shark encounters and bites along Long Island's south shore this summer. Uh, why do you think we here in uh, the New York metropolitan area might be seeing more shark sightings uh, than we have in years past? Uh, I think this comes down to just an increase in what we refer to as citizen science. So the thing is, sharks are incredibly interesting, and people, whether they're scared of them or not, people love sharks. They love learning about sharks and, and, and seeing them and such. So more people are interested, more people are tuning in. And one of the big things that certainly we have noticed in the past five or six years is that as drones have become cheaper and easier to fly and the cameras on them keep getting better and better and better, people are flying them over beaches and they're seeing the sharks from the drones. Now, those sharks have always been there. It's just you didn't see them. You know, those sharks have always been patrolling our beaches and have been since 450 million years ago. So it's, um, you know, it's nothing to be concerned about. You know, you are just seeing the animals that were always there. Uh, We're just seeing them and talking about them in a new way. It's taking off the rose-colored glasses and really seeing the reality of what's going on in the ocean water. Uh, One final question before I let you go, Tom. Uh, I'm curious to know, uh, scientifically, is there any possibility that we are going to see a Sharknado as we saw in those great sci-fi films? be great wouldn't it imagine it you're going walking down the street maybe you're going to the pub or you're going to go to the chippy afterwards and out of nowhere tiger shark at head height in a big breeze takes your head off i mean when you walk into work monday morning with plasters all around your neck no one's going to buy that are they they're going to think you've just had an absolute bender over the weekend yeah (laughs) and you think hail the size of golf balls is a major concern imagine if it's raining sharks tom thank you so much for making the time uh cocaine sharks airing tonight at 10 o'clock on discovery tom you are uh a wealth of knowledge and it was an honor and a pleasure to hear all the information you have to offer about sharks and i hope our paths cross again soon yes it was great to chat to you mate have a great day you as well take care that was tom hurd right here on the arthur idala power hour cocaine sharks tonight at 10 o'clock on the discovery channel
And all I can say is, you know, Discovery Channel every year does the Shark Week, and every year they come up with more and more interesting programming to keep this uh, this tradition going. I remember in the last couple of years there was a show that garnered, uh, garnered just about as much publicity as this Cocaine Sharks program has, and that was the one that had something to do with they were trying to simulate Michael Phelps, of all people, racing against a shark to see who would win in a race. It was rather ludicrous. And I think people had the misconception. They actually had it in their mind that they were going to put Michael Phelps in a lap pool with the shark, and he was quite <laughs> literally going to race the shark. I think the majority of it was, you know, pseudoscience and the animation behind well, it. Who won? Do you know? Or? I don't remember who won. I didn't watch it because I had heard all of the negative publicity. So, uh, cocaine sharks, I don't think will face the same fate because. Uh, uh, truly, if you've heard Tom Hurd on this show, you know he's a fascinating guy. And I think this is going to be a fascinating special for Shark Week. And what a fascinating experience this has been today to fill in for Arthur Idala once again. So thank you so much for welcoming me into your car, into your home, onto your phone, wherever you listen to the show. I'd like to thank Matt Sambolin, Joe Pelzer, Arthur Idala, of course, Jerry Crowley, Alex Garrett, who's here in the room, all of my guests. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, this has been Joe Sibilia inviting you to join us tomorrow for another edition of the Arthur Idala Power Hours, 6 to 7 p.m. right here on AM 970 The Answer. Stay tuned for Radio Night Live with Kevin McCullough. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC.